What's up, my good people of the internet? Happy to be here with you. Wake up call with Dan Tortora, hanging out where sports meets life. Appreciate your patience here this morning as we have exclusive breaking news that was just released on all of our social media regarding the Brian and Stratton College Bobcats of Syracuse in their official release of their schedules. Now, I did a little soft release uh, breaking news on their schedule. This is their full graphic schedule release of all of their home and away games for the 2023-24 season. For those of you that know, and for those of you that don't know, happy to share with you, the men's soccer team at Bryan and Stratton College of Syracuse has gone to the national championship game for seven straight seasons. Obviously, the 2020 season, due to COVID, there was no competition, so that year was skipped, but they've been to seven straight national championship games. They have won in 2019 and 2021. They've also won in the past. Their most recent are 2019 and 2021 for being national champions. So you have this national championship men's soccer team that has released their schedule exclusively on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And we've also released the women's soccer schedule for Brian and Stratton College of Syracuse. And worth noting for them, they won their first ever national championship in 2021. So in 2021, we had national champions in both men's and women's soccer at Brian and Stratton College of Syracuse just a couple of years ago. And they'll look for the opportunity to do it again. Both teams played in the national championship game last season and played down the wire and uh, almost brought their brought home another national championship. So they'll look to do that again, and I'm excited about the opportunity that we have here to celebrate these teams as we release the 2023-24 Brian and Stratton College of Syracuse men's and women's soccer schedules that are now available for you on our Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, X, which is the former Twitter, at Call DT, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. You can go and check out the schedules on every one of those outlets right now. So we appreciate you and we appreciate the Bobcats and our exclusive multimedia marketing partnership with Brian and Stratton College of Syracuse. With that being said, inside of monpazpopcorn.com's What's Poppin'? What's Poppin' is Papa Joe. Every Thursday, joining me here on the broadcast for the PJ Takeover and we're going to be discussing Major League Baseball in the stretch is what I'm calling it. You know that seventh inning stretch? Well, it's beyond the seventh inning, and that's why I called it in the stretch, not seventh inning stretch, because we are coming down the line here in the stretch of the final few games, final few weeks of Major League Baseball. There are teams that are very much alive in the AL and NL wildcard, and it continues to move around just like a shuffling of a deck of cards. That's exactly where the wild cards are right now. We'll discuss where things are currently at with PJ momentarily. Then we'll jump into college football. We'll take a recap of the picks that we made last week. PJ and I do not release our picks to each other before they're made live, and we happen to pick the same 11 teams in the 11 games that we chose. So we'll see what our record looks like coming out of week one. Then I have a stack of games for college football week two that we'll also be picking and selecting here. And from there, we'll go into our NFL picks for week one. This is our first official day of the NFL season of making our picks. And we'll go throughout the entire NFL and select the games for week one 
of professional football here in America inside of the NFL. And of course, we'll talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I am proudly wearing my Jacksonville Jaguars shirt. And as I said to all of my members that were drafting in the Marywood Alumni Fantasy Football League, when they were saying, go Chiefs, go Jets, go this, go Bills, go that, I just looked at the camera. I didn't say go anything because my team, you know, simply by a sound. So that's what we did here on the Jacksonville Jaguar love that we have. We'll round the show out with Jacksonville Jaguars talk. As we head into the season, the captains were released, and I'm excited about the list and the guys that are going to be representing this team. So with all of that being said, we proudly bring in the man of the show, Mr. PJ PJ, Papa Joe, joining us all the way through. PJ, how are we doing today? that uh, you'll be able to cool off a little bit here because I know it's it's been hot up in Syracuse, very hot up here, and uh, we've had to endure uh, this this very interesting Syracuse weather recently here. So happy to uh, happy to hopefully you know get in the seventies, something like that would be nice. And uh, Joey said, "What's up, Papa Jay and little bro?" And then he did the ew, so <laughs> he gave us a little ill this morning. But uh, happy to see you all wherever you are around the country and the world, uh, YouTube.com, Facebook.com, and MixLR.com, all backslash Wake Up Call DT. PJ, at the time that we're talking here this morning, we have a wild card race that continues to be exactly what it says. Wild, and like I said, card-wise, a shifting, a shuffling of the deck, if you will. If it started today... In the American League, Tampa Bay, Seattle, and Toronto have made it. However, Texas is a half game back. Now, remember, Texas was leading their division for a while. Now, the Houston Astros taking care of business. The Seattle Mayor and Minnesota Twins, everybody's you know in the top three we're looking at right now. The Seattle Mariners doing a good job, but the Texas Rangers, who were leading their division, are now out of the playoffs as of today. In the American League, they're a half game back behind Toronto. Boston still alive, five games back. The Yankees have done enough to get six and a half games behind. And in the National League right now, this has been a crazy shuffle. What has stayed consistent is Philadelphia is the top wildcard team in the National League. Chicago Cubs have moved in and out. The Reds have moved in and out. The Giants have moved in and out. The Diamondbacks and the Marlins have moved in and out. Right now, the Marlins have switched places with the Diamondbacks in a move in the past week where that last wildcard spot in the National League has had three different logos on it, I believe, up to this point. Right now, the Miami Marlins are there. The Diamondbacks and the Reds are a half game behind. San Francisco, two and a half. San Diego Padres, seven. The Pittsburgh Pirates, seven and a half. The New York Mets, believe it or not, are only eight games back of the wild card. So still in the hunt for this, but I'd love to get your thoughts on where we are in the stretch for major league baseball with teams that were leading their division now outside of the wild card and in the national league, that final spot having many different logos over the past few days, past couple of weeks. Well, 
uh, going to be a lot of fun. I can tell you that. Uh, I'm still surprised by Baltimore uh, having an 88-51 record. Um, they frankly played played better than anyone in the in the conference, and that's a very difficult conference to win it. You got Boston, you got Toronto, you got the Yankees. You know, it, that's a very difficult conference to win, and they're kicking ass, and I I love it. They're young, they're aggressive, they they hit well, they pitch well. Uh, you know, they right now they're they're so young that they they don't even know if they're making any mistakes. They're just playing ball, which is great. That's the way it's um, Tampa Bay, you know, in Seattle, well, not quite Seattle, but Tampa Bay is a lot to get in. Tampa, Seattle's got a little work to do. Uh, Toronto's right there, too. So, you know, those those teams, all of these teams that we're talking about uh, can jump up and bite in a butt any time. Uh, the ones that are also Rams, like Boston, the Yankees, Cleveland, Angel, my Angels are dead. Um you know, they're going to have to wait till next year. Uh, the National League, you, you said it right. There's a, there's several teams in the running here. Uh, but with that comes really, really good play from an individual standpoint. And what I'd like to do is, I what I usually like to do is is, is talk about uh, the players that are, are dominant and the, and, the, and the players that uh, are leading their team right now. Yeah. Um, I'll, start with the, uh, I'll start with the American League. Uh, we know that Otani is just, Otani, I mean, well, what, what can you say? I mean, we, it's unfortunate he's got a bad arm or, and he's not going to be able to pitch, but he's hitting. He hasn't played in a couple of nights, though. I'm not sure what the problem there is. Uh, they may be keeping him out altogether. I, I don't know, but the, the kid's hitting 307 with 44 homers and 94 RBIs. I mean, and he pitches. And I think he's 10 and 5 and a 3.14 EI or something like that. Uh, it's, it's frightening how good this kid can be. Um, in saying that, you got Corey Seager from the from uh, Texas, which is right behind him. He's hitting 342 with 24 homers and 79 RBIs. Seager was on the, the IL for the, oh maybe six weeks or so, uh, bad thumb or something like that. So now he's now hitting well and, and playing more. So that means he's gonna he's gonna accumulate uh, the the at bats necessary to get a batting title. And he's leading that for sure. Uh, for pitching, we got Otani for the Cy Young Award winner. Um, you know, when you think when you think about Otani and what he's been able to do in his five years, uh, it boggles the mind how much this young man has actually changed our sport. It's got it's got other managers and other general managers thinking inside their own system and saying, "Do I have a two way player that can can somehow rival this?" And you know you got to be real careful with this. I mean, you don't want to burn a kid out either. Uh, but Otani is so big and strong that he can he can, he can do both relatively easy. Uh, easy, imagine that. <laughs> the guy's a side award winner and and you know, a most valuable player. But he, he's so effortless when he does it, it, it just boggles the mind how good he can actually be. Um, but I like to talk, what I like to broach on now is, is some, some players that are leading their divisions uh, with home runs and RBIs and, and pitching, because I think that's important this time of the year. Yeah. Some of these guys carry their genes all the way. Uh, and in America, we got Seegers batting 339. He's leading the league. And Otani's a 304. So uh, 
Seeger looks like he's going to wrap that up, even though he was out a little while. He's going to get enough at-bats, I think. Uh, Otani, I said, is leading the league in home runs at 44. Seeger is at 24 homers, 79 RBI. He's not a, not a real killer. That, that, but remember, he's been out. Uh, Garcia from Texas got 100 RBIs. Kyle Tucker, guy we don't talk about very much, but he's a very, very good player for Houston. Got 99 RBIs. Otani's got 95. Um, Tucker is a, he's not, he's not unknown. He's just a, he's just a really solid, solid ball player. Um, he, he does everything right. He hits well, hits average, steals bases. You know, that's what you need. Down the stretch here like this. Yeah. It's important to do that. Um, and in the National League, we got, well, I got so many notes all over the place. Uh, the Rays from Miami is hitting 355, which, you know, that's going to come down. He was, you know, trying to get close to 400. That's not going to happen either. Got Betty Freeman, 334 from the Dodgers. Finally, Cuna is hitting 330 from Atlanta. Cody Bellinger from the Cubs, 321. Mookie Betts at 313. Those guys are going to be fighted out. Uh, for the for the batting crown. Now, several weeks ago, and last, until last week, I thought that Matt Olson uh, for the Atlanta sort of had the the, the major league uh, MVP sort of wrapped up. I mean, he was leading the league in home runs at 46. He's got 115 RBIs. Uh, the only problem with that is that he's doing well, but Okuna and Betts, through August, absolutely tore it up. They, they both hit over 400, several home runs, several RBIs, and it, it's scary. But those guys did in the month of August. Now, in my opinion, I'm going to have to move Mr. Matt Olson out of the way because I think his teammate, Acuna, Ronald Acuna, I think is going to be uh, thought of more so as the MVP because he does so much. Yeah, uh, He's 350. He's got, you know, he, he does it all. He's got 185 hits, which means he's going to get over 200 hits this season, which is a real, real milestone for any good hitter. He's got 63 stolen bases. The guy manufactured runs, and he drives runs in. He's just a, a player machine. I love to watch him. Um, pitching, we got uh, Blake Snell, San Diego, 2.50 ERA. His record is only 12 and 9. Justin Steele, the Cubs, a 2.55 ERA, and he's got a 16 and 3 record. Now, the last couple of weeks, the pundits have really put Snell in front. Uh, I don't know why that is, because Tampa's going to have to play balls out to try to even make the playoffs. Justin Steele, the Cubs, they're close, they're right on the line, and his 16 and 3 record gives me emphasis. I think the Justice Steele right now is a little bit of a favorite over Blake Snell. But Snell is so dominant uh, when he's on, he's unhittable sometimes. Watching him with Tampa Bay, it was a pleasure. But now that he's gone, he's got to play for someone else. Well, American League, you got Garrett Cole, 13-4, 13-4 record, 2.90 ERA. I don't think there's anyone close. Now, Fotani was playing... And he had a better record and would had a better ERA to the end of the year. Uh, he, he would he'd probably be right in it too. But 
Garrett Cole is one of the few bright spots the Yankees have had. Uh, the Yankees have, have, I don't know they're one game below 500, but they're, they're not going anywhere. Uh, what they've done is they got rid of a couple uh, a couple uh, older guys that are not going to fit in their plans. Josh Donaldson, me, and me at one. And I still think they got a dumb Stanton, but, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, the kids, the Yankees now are, I think they're going to go young for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, they brought up, they got, um, of course, Anthony Volpe playing shortstop from the get-go today. And Harrison Bader go. Go. Gators. Oh, thanks. <laughs> He's going to be in They got three guys coming up through the through the ranks. They're all hitting well or playing well. The Yankees won uh, nine out of ten. I don't you know. I don't know how they're doing it. They're, I mean, Cole can only play so much, uh, and they're rating two in the last ten games. So they didn't have a slight chance of getting into playoffs, but that, that's beside the point. No way. No way. Um. I love to see, I love to see these guys come down the stretch, see who's being pitched to in various situations. If you've got Kyle Tucker coming up, with a man on second, there's only one out, and he's Houston's bet hitter. Yeah. Then, then the manager from the other team pulls up four fingers and says, "Okay, put him on the base." So you don't get to watch Kyle Tucker hit, but you get to watch him run because he goes to first place. And then they try to score from there. Um, the National League uh, Strider from Atlanta has is, is, got 16 wins, but he has he's had a problem the last couple of times. The last this last meeting, this last game, he got he got shelled, he just got smashed. Uh, so I, I've sort of put him out of the uh, out of that uh, American League uh, uh, ERA deal. And uh, Cy Young Award winner. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good players we could talk about, but the ones that we need to talk about are the ones that are leading their team. If you look at if you look at Texas, you'll see that Corey Seager is going to be leading that team. Yeah. Uh, Toronto has got Obershep, but he's not playing because he's still hurt. Uh, Guerrero uh, is is still hitting, but he's not hitting very well. Seattle got Rodriguez is leading their team. Tampa Bay, we talked about um, those guys and how they win by committee. If there is such a word. Um, the National League, you got Philadelphia, you got Kyle Schwarber leading those guys over there. He has a bunch of home runs. Cubs, you got Cody Bellinger leading them. Uh, Atlanta, we got just a slew of guys besides Olsen and Acuna. Just, there's so many guys that are playing so well, hitting so well, and pitching so well. I know I feel comfortable now that saying that Atlanta probably will be uh, the champion this year. I think they're going to have to get by Houston. I think Houston's going to keep going strong at the end of the year. Uh, Texas will probably wind up uh, in the wild card chase somewhere, uh, but Houston just has too much. They got they got the little buddies that I used to call. I call them for Mary because Mary likes you two little guys. Yeah, Tuve. And uh, Alex Bregman from LSU. And the other night, Altuve, it's three home runs and three at bats to start the game. I mean, a guy's about five foot six, 170 pounds, 
he knocks the hell out of the ball. And uh, he, he, guys like him and Bregman are going to lead lead Houston. They don't have the pitching they did that last year because Verlander's not there with them. But, hey, you can't have everything. Yeah. Oh, that's in a nutshell, Daniel. There's, there's several players to talk about. But when you if you start commenting, then I can comment on top of that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you you obviously uh, do a great job every single week of, of running us through, right, where the teams are, where the individual players are, how pitching's doing, how hitting's doing. You know, you give us the true pulse of what's going on in Major League Baseball and, you know, allow us an inside look that, you know, it's it's a recap and, and it's, it's obviously an aid to bring people in and help people to get the information that they need. So I appreciate it tremendously. And, you know, uh, just sitting here and listening and taking it all in. I mean, they're like I said, in this wild card race, there's to go back to that. You know, when you talk about some of these guys, when we're looking at some of the hitters and the pitchers that you've mentioned or maybe somebody you haven't mentioned, when Texas and Boston and the Yankees are vying to get in in the AL and Arizona and Cincinnati and San Fran, the Miami Marlins in the NL. Are there catalysts? Are that when I say those teams' names, are, are is there somebody that sticks out where you say I don't see how Texas can't make it because of this guy or that guy or Boston or the Yankees or Cincinnati or Arizona? It, it, are it, 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 when we're talking about who sticks out to you and who's leading and who's good and who's maybe a sleeper pitcher or an under the radar hitter or whatever that may be. Do you have any that are linked to some of these wild card racing teams that you think might be the difference in getting in the wild card? Um, Texas has probably one of the better hitters in the league now is Garcia. He's leading the league with 100 RBIs. The last three years he's been killing the ball. He just hasn't had enough to, to, to be in a conversation for an MVP. Uh, he's a sensational hitter. Boston... You know, they're 72 and 68. Yeah. They probably should be 90 and 50 or something, but they haven't done it. Uh, Raphael Beavers is still one of my favorite players. Uh, he can't carry him himself. Uh, they just don't have enough. And the Yankees, I told you about the five kids that are, are going to be playing for the rest of the year. Volpe, uh, Harrison Bader, and the three guys they brought up. Uh, they're they're going to see how these guys go. Now, the Yankees have won eight of... <clears throat> Eight out of the last ten games, and the kids are playing well. And if the kids are playing well now at the end of the year, then it's going to give an impetus for next year. So I'm looking for these kids to carry through, and then next year for spring training, all five of these players are going to be in the hunt to start the season with the New York Yankees and start the season playing, not on a bench, but playing. DJ Lahimeu, one of my favorite players of the Yankees. He's uh, he leads off, hits home runs. He can do anything, play anywhere. He plays eight positions, seven positions in the in the field. Extremely valuable to him. Now, when they're getting rid of older guys like Donaldson, unfortunately, I think Mike Stanton is probably in that conversation too. I've never been a Stanton fan because he can never hit for average. Sure, he's a big, strong guy, hits home runs. You know that that's. Sometimes you win games and sometimes you don't. But he's hitting, I don't think he's hitting 200. If he is, it's a couple a couple ticks over the 300, or 200, which I call the Mendoza line. Um, you, you're not going to be a slugger 
for the Yankees and hit 200. Not going to happen. So what I would do with the Yankees, I would cut my losses with him, pay him what he, what's going to be doing, and release him or do something else with him. But build a team next year around the five kids that we're talking about. That's what I want to see. Now, in the National League, um, get my screen here. Uh, the Cubs have Cody Bellinger, which is really playing at an at a, at a MVP pace, but he's just a, a couple ticks short of that. Uh, he's a super player. He used to be with a, uh, the Dodgers. Uh, Miami has, of course, a, a race who's hitting 375. And, and they got Encantara, who's a nasty left-handed pitcher. So those guys, those guys are carrying uh, their teams. Milwaukee has Christian Yelich, Brandon Woodward, super players, super players, and super pitchers. Woodruff. Uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee has a plate up to their potential this year. And if you heard me say this on both occasions, both the National League and the American League, the the, the Central Division sucks for both. <laughs> of them. So yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But Milwaukee's playing. Uh, much better than the other guys, and they're leading their league. Uh, the Dodgers, you know, who have Freeman and and that's Mookie Betts for a little guy. When he was playing with Boston, I used to love to watch him hit because they, they put him in the leadoff spot. I'm thinking to myself, well, he's got to be a you know a singles doubles hitter. You know, he's going to get on base, steal bases, da 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 da. Well, he doesn't do that. He's a home run hitter. So Los Angeles says, well, if I'm going to sign him for multi-billion dollars, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to lead him off too. And that's what he does. I mean, he's the only thing he doesn't do as well as Acuna is stolen bases. He's only got 10 stolen bases. Well, Acuna's got, what did I say, 63 stolen bases. So the, I think that the MVP for the National League is going to come down to Mookie Betts, Lionel yeah. Acuna. And Matt Olson, if Olson could hit a little bit better, he'd be right in there. But he's only hitting 270. But he's got 46 homers, 115 RBIs. Uh, look at Atlanta's got murderers row. They got a bunch of really, really good players and good hitters. So, you know, it would take me forever to go, go through them all. And justifiably so. They're that good. The Dodgers uh, just got bets and a couple of other guys, but they got pitching with Kel Shaw and those guys. Walter Bueller hasn't, hasn't pitched now for several months. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but they're still winning. They got a hell of a program. Dave Roberts is probably one of the best, if not the best, overall manager in baseball. Um, talk about Arizona, Daniel. I just don't have anything to say about Arizona because they don't have anything that I want to talk about. <laughs> they don't, I mean, they, they have average hitting, they have average pitching, but they still win, which means they got good managing. Uh, Cincinnati is the same way, you know. Yeah. They're all right. Uh, Joey Volk just, just came back this year. Uh, he's their, supposed to be their Hall of Fame player, and he is pretty close to that. Uh, but he's not. He's hitting below them on nose line, and uh, he, of course, he's in his late thirties too. So uh, maybe maybe they tried a little a little something to, to get the team going. But um, Cincinnati is only a half a game out of the wild card. You know, when you talk about these guys that are only half a game out, and the teams that are half a game out. It, you realize that in a short series, a five-game series with uh, the wild cards, that good pitching is going to win. I've always professed this on all the shows. Pitching and defense wins ball games. And pitching and defense wins pennants, 
in pitching and defense wins a World Series. None of these guys that are at the half game out or half game out or up or anything like that, they're not that good to get there. So you can't talk about them in that way. You've got to talk about the Dodgers and Atlanta, and you've got to talk about um, Baltimore, which surprised the hell out of me this year, and Houston. Minnesota's not going anywhere. Uh, Houston, it just got all the weapons. They still got all the weapons. The last five years, the lineup hasn't changed much at all. Tucker's getting better every year. They rely on him for RBIs. You got the two little guys, Altuve and Bregman. So, without me really going deep into the teams, that's about it. I mean, for the next two weeks, the one player that will jump up and lead their team is the one we're going to be talking about on a daily, uh, a weekly basis. Yeah, you know, and and we got uh, we got some messages that. Uh, came in here. So we're going to get to one. Uh, Curtis asked us a question here. And uh, PJ, I'm going to remember the fact that you said that you don't want to talk about the Diamondbacks because you have nothing that you want to talk about. But they are still very much alive. Curtis asked us this question. Yeah. Well, you know what? In the Atlanta Braves last season, didn't blow anybody's skirt up. They were the team that snuck into the playoffs and they end up winning the World Series. So you know, we should not saying that the Diamondbacks are are the new Braves. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying sometimes the teams that don't look as great, maybe on paper or to somebody watching, doesn't. I mean, they said the San Antonio Spurs were the most boring NBA champion, and I was like, well, if boring means going and playing for a national championship multiple years in a row, I'll be boring any day of the week. Now, Curtis said, uh, "Morning, fellas." If the Yankees somehow squeak into the playoffs after elevating some of these young guys, do we think that that will save Boone's job? Your thoughts? That is a very, very good question, Curtis. That is a very good question. Uh, Boone comes from a very deep family of baseball men. His grandfather, his father, and himself all played ball. They were all good ball players. Even Boone's a hell of a player. And they're good managers. Aaron Boone can't go out on the field and play anymore. He can't do that. So he's got to put people in positions to make plays or get hits. He's trying to do that. Uh, whether he's making the right calls, that's a real difficult uh, question to answer. Uh, if I was uh, if I was a GM, I mean, I'd, I'd leave everything open right now. I'd say, uh, and I wouldn't even answer that question. Uh, is Aaron Boone's job safe to, to Michael? Uh, well, yeah, we're going to review everything at the end of the year. It's, it's, it's a good question. And I don't have the answer to that, frankly. And I would like to see him back because he's he's a player's manager. Guys love to play for him. And he played the game. His father played. His grandfather played. You know, he knows the game of baseball. He just can't go out and do it. These guys got to do it. Uh, if I would reject the Yankees of the hierarchy, I would start start dismantling the team now, lower your payroll, which is outrageous, get rid of some of the dead wood, bring the kids up, in a couple, three years, maybe you'll have a pennant. Uh, but I don't, uh, to answer your question, I don't know if, he'll, if he can save his job. Uh, you know, and, and the thing is, too, and like you said, you know, we'll look at it at the end of the year, but, I mean, it is a big question. If the Yankees make the playoffs, can you get rid of Boone? You know, if, if they're able to move forward, how how can you say 
No. I mean, you look at body of the work and you look at over time, but again, this is not old man Steinbrenner's league or old man Steinbrenner's team anymore. And, you know, George Steinbrenner, I feel like if, if a guy won, but he didn't win a world series or he didn't win the pennant, then Steinbrenner might fire you. He might go, Hey, you won us three world series in a row, but you didn't get us another one. See you later. So Steinbrenner was a different breed, right? You could win, still get fired. You, and, and, Money was no object to him. He spent the money, right? He wasn't building up young guys as much as he was going and buying them. I always said that there was the irony of the Yankees bringing in prospects, then trading them away for veteran guys. And then years later, when those prospects became really good, spending millions of dollars to bring them back in because the Yankees weren't developing. They were buying players that were already good, already showing what they could do, already successful. So, you know, I, I think I think obviously it's a new Yankees team. It's it's a different Yankees feel with Steinbrenner uh, having past years back. And and now we'll see. We'll see if they can make it mathematically. You know, they're, they're still alive. And uh, just to let everybody know this morning, mathematically, the Diamondbacks are more alive than the Yankees. So the di- what did you say about the Yankees? Yeah, go ahead. Um, you, you get uh, every fifth day. It's sort of about Garrett Cole there. Yeah. Nine out of ten times he's going to win a ball game for you. So, but the other days you got to worry about. You got uh, Severino and you got Schmidt. Some of these guys are supposed to be big, tall, strong throwers. None of them have done well this year, other than Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's been being paid a lot, a lot of money. He's doing exactly what he should be doing, which is winning ball games. And the Yankees are not going to win, even if they put. Nine little kitties out there that all have great credentials coming from the uh, the international league. You put nine of them out there. You still got to put some pitching in there. Without without Garrett Cole or with Garrett Cole, they need a lot more. Yeah, you know, and we said it before. We'll say it again. I got asked at the beginning of the season, "What are your thoughts on the Yankees?" I said, "Pitching." Last season, people asked me about the Yankees. I thought about pitching. You know, Garrett Cole is is great, but it's not going to get you there. Remember when they spent all that money on CC Sabathia and he didn't really have any of a rotation around him to really bring that consistency of all star. I mean, if you the Dodgers look at what they've done, I mean, look at what they've done. Look at how the Dodgers always find a way to be relevant, to stay in it pitching. Right. There's there's teams that just know what they're doing. There's teams that have fallen because they didn't have the pitching. Right. Look at the Mets. The Mets made a move for Scherzer. They made a move for Verlander. Both of the guys are no longer on the team. They spent all this money. And what do they have to show for it? Pitching is a huge part of this. People want to. I mean, yeah, it's great to have hitters. Right. It's great to have hitters. But Shohei Otani is a fantastic hitter on a non-playoff team. Mike Trout's a fantastic hitter on a non-playoff team. Some of these guys were traded because they were fantastic hitters on a non-playoff team. They want a chance to win a World Series. There's a lot of really good hitters that are on teams that are pedestrian. They don't go anywhere. Pitching is what's going to get you over the hump. And why the Yankees have not really sunk their teeth into what they need to do there is beyond me because we're going two, three years in of saying, okay, Garrett Cole. I mean, if I'm Garrett Cole, I'm saying, hey, thanks for the money, 
but could you guys help me out a little bit? Because I can hear crickets in this bullpen. So you, there's, a, there's a lot to be said what you're talking about. Um, I would like to see the Yankees or the Mets and the Mets, frankly, both of them. They have to choose payrolls that they need to start weeding guys out. For some reason, teams like the Yankees and the Mets, they pay for players that are almost past their prime. They're in their early 30s or late middle 30s, and they're still giving them hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, first of all, you should earn your keep on the field. If you're a young player, 23, 24, 25, and you're doing well, you know, then you're rewarded with a contract. You'll still be playing in your early and, and mid thirties and doing well. But you, you you can't you can't saddle the team with players that are past their prime and, and not not productive. Dela Mayhew is one of my favorite players for the Yankees. I've told you that, but he's in his mid thirties, and I just don't know if he's going to be uh, playing next year for the Yankees or not. Stanton is the one I would dump with. There's plenty of players. They have a huge farm system. We always talk about the farm system where the managers have got to go out and look for the players that are playing well, see if they can form to their team up in the, in the major leagues, and put them in there and let them go. And uh, look, at Anthony Volpe was 20 years old when he got called up by the Yankees for spring training. 20 friggin' years old. And he said, bring it on. He said, you want me to be everyday, the everyday shortstop? I'll do it, and I'll work my ass off. He started good, then he went into a severe slump where he was under the Mendoza line of 200. Now he's back over maybe to 215, 218, something like that. But the kid hits homers, and he hits, he's got RBIs. He's a winner. Harrison Bader, though. Get your nurse. Harrison Bader came from the Angels. He's a top flight center fielder, still young, hits the hell out of the ball. So you got those two guys to build around on the three guys you brought up. Yeah. So there, there it is. But I think general managers, maybe over the, over the winter league, called the hot stove league, and they'll, they'll come up with some ideas and say, I'm not paying the guy. He's 35 years old who hit three, 250, who's got 15 homers and 40 RBIs. I'm not going to pay him the exorbitant amount of money that he thinks he deserves. And I, I, I applaud that. I would like to see him take a hard line. Uh, but, you know, look, Toronto's a good case. They got the three kids up there from the, from their fathers, Guerrera, Biggio, and Bichette. Those kids, our fathers, all played in the major leagues, and they were all good. And those, those kids are what Toronto's building around. And they got some good pitching up there. Uh, they haven't played to the potential this year for some reason, but that's the manager doing but that's how Toronto's doing it with the kitty kids I call. So uh, you got to have a nucleus, and you can't you can't have a nucleus of thirty five year olds. You got to have a nucleus of twenty five year olds. Well, you know, and I think hey, listen, there's there's enigmas, there's a, a good balance of what they can have, but. You know, I, I agree with you that you know I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count out the the ones that have been in the league for a while, but I do understand your position on looking at the fact that you know yeah you need to have that young talent you need to constantly be grooming and and getting people ready to come in to help out your team and and I agree with that wholeheartedly and I think that that's something that the Yankees maybe you're doing a better job of now like I said in the past they would go out and just buy guys and maybe now. You know, is the time to really 
hone in on that young talent. Maybe that's what the Mets need to be doing instead of, you know, putting all their money in one place or hoping to God that by some, you know, some opportunity that Shohei Otani thinks he could have in New York City that he comes there. I'm not saying don't go after Shohei, but you got to have a contingency plan because Shohei is by himself. I can't compare him to Babe Ruth when people compare them and say, well, Babe Ruth pitched and he hit and Shohei pitched and he hit. Babe Ruth wasn't a pitcher like Shohei Otani. Case in point, how many people remember that Babe Ruth was a pitcher? They remember him for hitting, eating cheeseburgers, smoking cigars, drinking beer, and coming up to bat and practicing on the side with like four bats in his hand. That's how you remember Babe Ruth. Shohei Otani is just a different breed. There's nobody that you can compare him to. And everybody and their mother's going to be going after Shohei Otani. And if the Mets don't get him, then what's the plan? And even if the Mets get him, what's the plan? You have to have more than just one. Case in point, Angels. How good are the Angels on paper? Arguably the two best hitters in baseball. Arguably to some people, the two best players in baseball. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. How do you have two all-stars that are arguably the best, if not top five, best players currently in baseball and you can't go anywhere? So that proves the point that there needs to be a little bit more. Yeah, there, there needs to be more. Now, the Angels also have another dead weight. Anthony Rendon came from the, Nash, uh, the Nationals. $235 million contract. He hasn't played in two years, maybe a handful, 35 or 40 games in two years. That's dead weight. And Anthony's still a young man. He's late 20s. But if, if you can't carry guys like this. Either that or you're not, your management is, are not making good contracts. Uh, Renan's a hell of a player. But if, we, if he doesn't get on the field, uh, it's not going to help him. Look, at, if you've got a baseball team, you have a bunch of young players or even middle-aged players. You've got to put them on the field to play. Don't keep taking them out, in, out, in, out. Bad here. Don't don't hear. Get, get the designated hitter here. Play shortstop one other time. Look, it. if you're convicted, if you like the guys, you want them, you want to see them play, put them on it every day and let them play. Brendan needs to do that next year. I don't, if, I was, if I was L.A., I'd get rid of him. I'd, I'd see if someone else wanted to take the contract. Trout, of course, will play. Otani, who we don't know what he's going to do. So, but in any in any case, you can argue about all the players to go in and out of baseball, whatever teams are on. But you still need nine guys out there to play every day to see what they can do. And on top of that, speaking of players in baseball, seeing what they can do, the Diamondbacks are only a half game out of the wild card. And I'm going to keep saying it for as long as they have. Hopefully, I don't have to say they're a half game out. They were in a couple days ago, so. They are right there with the Reds. They need to keep doing it. And if the Diamondbacks, and I'm not taking away from anybody else by saying this, the Diamondbacks have a really, really tough schedule. And they've had a really tough schedule down the stretch here. If they make it into the postseason, they will have well earned their trip on the plane into the postseason. I will tell you that much. With that being said, we're going to take a step aside for a fast break. When PJ and I come back, we're coming off of baseball and we're heading to college football. Our picks are up on the screen right now, folks. These were our picks from last week, college football week one. PJ and I do not talk to each other about our picks before we make them. 
we made the picks and ended up being the same 11 teams that we picked. We picked Utah, Minnesota, Louisville, Miami, Tennessee, Wisconsin, TCU, Charlotte, FSU, and Clemson. You will find out our record after this fast break to start off the college football season. And in college football week two, we got a list of teams we'll be going through again. And for the first time ever this season, and I'm so excited about, after the break, we will also be selecting our NFL week one winners and talking Jacksonville Jaguars. That's all coming up in hour two of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora with the guy that they call Papa Joe. We'll be back right after this, where sports truly meets that thing called life. Hi, this is Amy from Mother's Cupboard, home of the whole frittata. We are open daily, 6 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. For takeout orders, call 315-432-0942. And tune in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora for our monthly food challenge and try our Wake Up Call signature menu item, available seven days a week. Here at Mother's Cupboard, We are Central New York, and it's our honor to serve you. Ma and Pa's Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory remind us that every day is worth celebrating. Find them at 201 Old 7th North Street in Liverpool, New York. Open Monday through Saturday in-store and all the time online at maandpazpopcorn.com. Serving our Central New York community and beyond, you can order all throughout the country at maandpazpopcorn.com. And remember to get your tins, which have in-store half-price refills forever. Ma and Pa's Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory available to you for fundraising and all of your events by calling 315-450-6272. That's 315-450-6272. Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory. How corny are you? This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily, and we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick Fil A restaurant. It's different. We we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different, and deeper than the good customer service. And so, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick Fil A restaurant. And then lastly. The impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. In these unique times, there are those in our community that give us a sense of normalcy and positivity. 
Pizza Man on 50 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville has been here for you for over 35 years and is here now. Call 315-638-1234 or order online at pizzamanbville.com to bring those familiar tastes into your home. And remember to come see our monthly on-site broadcasts centered around the community and our Baldwinsville bees. Pizza Man in Baldwinsville. Any way you slice it, they are always here for you. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a at Chick-fil-A is to glorify God by being faithful stewards of all that's entrusted to us and to possibly influence all those who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And what became increasingly clear from our success at Cicero is that people love Chick-fil-A. And also, I think we recognize that you know, we had a great opportunity to grow the brand and grow our platform. I felt incredibly grateful when I was you know, selected to be a Chick-fil-A operator. I think what it's meant for me, what I've come to realize on a very deep level is that this is a calling for me. It's not a career. It's not a job. The Lord called me to be a Chick-fil-A operator and to use these restaurants to glorify him and to positively influence other people. I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. Head to Chick-fil-A Clay on 3974 State Route 31 in Liverpool, New York. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Happy to be here with you hanging out where sports meets life every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And appreciate you being here with us as always here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Whether you're with us on YouTube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT, Facebook.com backslash Wake Up Call DT, or on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com, our live internet streaming radio. You can uh, go to our website, wakeupcalldt.com, and pick up all of these there too. You'll find the icons where you can connect with us on any one of these outlets straight from the website. And we got some cool news coming up with the website, so I'm very excited to be releasing that very, very soon here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And we have Papa Joe on the line with us. You know, on Thursdays, we have the PJ Takeover. So Papa Joe hanging out with me. And we talked about baseball in hour number one. It's time for us to get to college football in hour number two. And I'm going to put up on the screen our week one picks for college football. So this is where we were at for the college football world in week number one. PJ and I made the same picks. That doesn't always happen, but it happened this past week. So we went with the same picks here. We don't, and like I said before the break, we don't know who we're picking ahead of time to each other. I I have my picks, he has his picks, and then we end up finding out what those picks are as we go down the line. So uh, looking back at this here, the cool thing about it is uh, we started off week one in a really big way. And it's funny, I could have potentially gone 
uh, 10 wins, but we both ended up going nine and two. PJ and I picked Utah over Florida, which was correct. Minnesota over Nebraska, which they came back, and that was correct. We picked Miami over Miami of Ohio, which was also correct. Louisville over Georgia Tech in their comeback. Uh, Tennessee, which had uh, little to no trouble in their matchup against Virginia. And then uh, from there, looking at uh, what we did on, on the other side of things here, we went for Wisconsin in their victory. Shout out MT. We went for uh, the Wisconsin Badgers and the Wisconsin Badgers uh, won their game over Buffalo. And so we got that one as well. And then we went TCU over Colorado. We got that game incorrect. And shout out to everybody over in Colorado who got the victory. We picked Charlotte and Charlotte won. And Charlotte won uh, big time here. Didn't have trouble in their game against South Carolina State. Uh, Charlotte in the Biff Pogey era looking to change the culture and change what Charlotte football and Charlotte is truly looked at as in general for the 49ers. They won 24 to three at home. Big time shout out to them. I toured their campus, got to interview Biff and uh, as one of their student athletes and have some fun with that recent history here. You could go check out all of that, including my conversations with the director of athletics at the Charlotte 49ers, uh, Mike Hill. You could find all of that by subscribing to youtube.com backslash wake up call DT. We both picked Syracuse who won a game in a fashion I've never seen in 19 plus years as a broadcaster on site for a game, a 65 to nothing victory over Colgate. Florida State took care of business as we both had over LSU. I don't think we had them winning by three touchdowns, but FSU definitely uh, proving PJ and I right early on this season on what we said four years ago, and then Clemson ends up losing to Duke. So that's what it looks like here on your screen. Nine and two to start the season in our predictions in college football, PJ. Not bad. Yes, uh, it was a good week. Um, a couple a couple of surprises, not really surprises, but the FSU-LSU game, uh, at halftime it was a decent score. I could see that maybe LSU had a little bit of momentum there, but Oh no! You can't you can't have oh no all the time. That game shifted really quick. Mike Norvell made some some changes in the in their defense on the on the back half, the second half, and uh, Florida State just blew them out. I mean, I, I I knew Florida State was going to be good this year because of what we've been talking about for three years with Michael Norvell, and uh, he he is that good of a coach. He is really a good coach, and he's a he's a good recruiter and what he's doing more than the other the other coaches is that he's really getting into the transfer portal. He's bringing in some serious athletes. I mean, these guys are not just guys running the mill guys. These guys are serious, and uh, he's built his team around that. Um, I think that's wonderful. I think I think FSU is probably uh, they certainly don't have any competition now that Clemson's uh, bit to bit. Uh, I look for FSU to go all the way. Uh, I, I know they're going to be in the top four to go play for the national championship. I told you last week, I think they'll win the national championship. And I still stay to that. Uh, Duke and Clemson, what a what an abominable game that was. Uh, I think maybe uh, Devo Sweeney forgot how to coach. Uh, I mean, Duke, let's think that they're not a powerhouse. I mean, let's, come on now. 
they may be a far off in a classroom, but not on a football field. And they just took it to Clemson. So uh, those two games uh, we'll talk about. The other the other games we, we sort of figured. There was a few cupcakes out there, and this week there's a few more cupcakes. So we'll see where we go. Uh, you know, and, and looking at the rankings after the fact of these games that's that, you know, some of these games that we've talked about with FSU as well as Clemson. Clemson came in to this season ranked in the nation's top 10 in that nine spots. And Clemson has fallen so far. The AP, which is by the media, dropped Clemson from nine to 25. The coaches dropped Clemson 12 spots down from 9 to 21. So Clemson barely still in the top 25. Uh, Duke comes comes in after not being ranked in preseason. They come in 21 in the AP in week two and 24 in the coaches poll. Georgia, who beat UT Martin, big friggin' whoop, are still number one. Whit Michigan, who beat East Carolina, who's gotten better, and I obviously have covered them for the last decade. They have gotten better under Mike Houston. They stay at number two, and they're an unranked team. So still, you know, what is that to, to the grand scheme of things? And Alabama beat Middle Tennessee, blew them out. Florida State was ranked in the top 10, but wasn't in the top five. And I said Florida State needs to be in the top five. No excuses. They should be the number one ranked team in the country if we're going week by week. Not going by what we think in the preseason. No. Going week by week. In this week, Georgia, Michigan, and Alabama beat unranked teams. Florida State beat LSU, who was ranked fifth in the nation. Florida State was ranked in the top eight, top nine. So Florida State, to me, should be the number one ranked team in the country in the AP and the coaches poll if we're doing things based on play week to week. But bare minimum, they should be in the top five. They are at number four in the AP, number five in the coaches poll. I don't know what the hell the coaches are seeing that they can't put them a little bit higher than five, but they're in the top five at least, which is where they should be. A lot of these teams playing cupcakes and you know rising up the boards and this, that, and whatever. LSU falls to 14 in the AP, and they also fall to 14 in the coaches' poll. They were ranked fifth in uh, both of these polls. They're now 14th in that, so uh, they didn't fall as far. But uh, interesting here that Florida State isn't a little bit higher, and my response to that was, let's just see where Florida State is at the end of the season. So PJ and I called it. We said, give them three. PJ talked about giving them three years. I said, Mike Norvell is going to be fine. This team is going to get it done. He's a great coach, great recruiter, did a great job at Memphis, spent all four years with him at Memphis, covering him there, interviewing him there. So I thought it was a great hire, great opportunity, and they're proving us right out of the gate. We'll see how the season goes. It's a long season, and we'll see where we go from here. So with that being said, college football week two. PJPJ. We got we got a bunch of games on the schedule here for week two that I would love to jump into. And here in week two for the college football world and for our predictions, I'm going to be putting them up on the screen so you can all see them. Our predictions here in week two, we got a bunch of games for you. 
And of course, we will be doing our Syracuse and Florida games, PJs Go Gators, and obviously I hail from the great Syracuse, New York. So we'll be bringing these to you as we go. And uh, PJ, I'm going to start with this game. This is the one that I want to uh, have first up here on the board in that game for College Football Week 2. All these games that we're predicting are on Saturday, September 9th. Uh, there are There is a game tonight, Murray State at Louisville, and there's two games on Friday, and then uh, the rest of the games will be with you on Saturday, which is massively loaded from noon Eastern time all the way to just about midnight when Albany takes on Hawaii in Hawaii. So we'll start with Notre Dame at NC State, noon on ABC. Notre Dame ranked 10th. NC State not ranked, which I think is kind of a mistake, but your thoughts, PJ? Uh, this is it's still early to see how good Notre Dame is or how good they're not. Usually, we, we, we belittle them quite a bit. Uh, they're playing at NC State. I've, I don't know anything about NC State. Uh, you would know more from the ACC, but I, I, uh, I, I just don't think they have enough athletes. I think probably Notre Dame just wins this game by athletes. Yeah, PJ is going to say Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame's quarterback is Sam Hartman, and you know who knows him really well? The ACC. You want to know why? Because he played for Wake Forest. You know who's a good coach that doesn't get enough credit? Dave Doran. You know where he coaches? NC State. You know where this game is being played this week? NC State. Raleigh, North Carolina. NC State is who I'm picking in this matchup. And not that Notre Dame can't win this game, and not that they're not a good team. And like PJ said, we you know we talk about Notre Dame, we're critical of it, not because of Notre Dame, just the school or anything like that. I respect Notre Dame, and I have a lot of appreciation for Notre Dame. It's the unfair advantage, and I've talked to Notre Dame fans about it, their unfair advantage they have in rankings and in the college football playoff, and that's what I discussed. And I said I would say that about anybody if they're given that unfair advantage. Notre Dame is given it, so we call it out because they haven't proven it when they've been given these unfair advantages. They haven't come away with anything. So that's all we're saying. I'm going with NC State in this game. Not that I don't respect Notre Dame, and I want to be clear that I do. I just don't appreciate unfair advantages to people that don't do it on the field. You just give it to them for any other reason than on the field. It's not fair. Nebraska at Colorado. Your thoughts? Well, <laughs> I suppose I'm going to have an opinion about Coach Prime and what the hell he's doing over there. I don't know if Coach Prime is just a big bullshitter or he's just a real good coach. I I know he's like got a loud mouth, that's for sure. Um, the, the kids that he put on the field, they played. They played better than TTU. And uh, frankly, I was really surprised by that. I mean, I just didn't see this one coming at all. I thought that he was just a good recruiter, big mouth guy, bringing all the, the you know, the black kids into play and... You know, I, I would just, I, I wasn't aware, I, I wasn't aware that they were going to do what they did. And they did, but they did. <laughs> and I, I don't see that uh, this is going to stop. I think, I think they need to win several more games before te- people take them seriously. I'm one of those people. I want to see what they look like after four or five games. Uh, but this, this game's not going to trip them up. I think Brett, Nebraska's been in trouble for the last 10 years. Yeah, Colorado's going to add to that trouble. I couldn't agree with you more. I think Colorado continues to add to the trouble of Nebraska. Nebraska has tried bringing in this coach, bringing in that coach. I like Matt Rule, and and if Matt Rule some reason gets let go, fire whatever it may be, 
I don't think it's going to be his fault. And I don't think it was Scott Frost's fault. I think Nebraska has had a big time problem. And that is the fact that this team in over a decade has just been irrelevant. And inside of the Big Ten has been irrelevant. It's just what it's been. And nothing has worked with the coaches that have come in. They're bottom feeders of the Big Ten. And it's unfortunate. They should probably be in another conference. That's my opinion. But Nebraska, I hope the best for Matt Rule. I like Matt Rule. I respect Matt Rule. I think Colorado's going to get this victory, though. I think TCU's obviously a better team than Nebraska. And I think as long as they don't stroke their ego and fall into that ego pit, I think Colorado's going to be okay. Ole Miss at Tulane, baby. Two ranked teams. I want to say it again. Tulane Green Wave last year winning the Cotton Bowl Classic down in Arlington, Texas in Cowboy Stadium. I was on site, on location to watch them beat Caleb Williams and USC. So Tulane real. And Tulane was ranked going into this season. They are 24th in the nation. Ole Miss is 20th. When the lane train comes into Louisiana in good old Nolens, what are your thoughts on this, PJ? Ole Miss and Tulane. Tulane's a good story. They were, uh, they deserved it last year. They were uh, monumental effort on their part. Uh, there, there comes a time when Division One schools have better athletes than other Division One schools do, and I think that Mississippi has those kind of athletes. And in saying that, I think that Mississippi probably wins the game, uh, not without a good fight. But I just think that Mississippi has too many, too many more athletes. Yeah, I mean, th- this one, this one's difficult for me to pick because history says Ole Miss, right? You say, okay, Ole Miss, they're inside of the SEC, they're this, they're that, whatever. But then my history of covering Tulane says don't underestimate them. And Michael Pratt's back at quarterback. He's been there for a long time. So, and they're playing at home, which I'm happy that Tulane got this game at home. That means a lot to me because Tulane doesn't shy away from playing the big old teams. They have not shied away in their schedule in non-conference like some other team. The quote-unquote Power Five that's seemingly terrified to play each other in the non-conference because they can't lose a game. they got to get in the college football playoff. Well, the American Athletic isn't terrified to play the good teams out there, and that's why I'm happy they're playing this game. And I respect Ole Miss for playing this game as well. You're going to go with the lane train. So PJ is going to go Ole Miss. And I'm going to say Ole Miss squeaks this one out. But I want to go on record of saying don't be surprised if Tulane brings this game in overtime. But I'm going to go with Ole Miss ultimately in this matchup. The next game that we have up, PJ, in our college football week two predictions here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Takes, and these are in order of time. So uh, noon on ABC, Notre Dame at NC State, Nebraska at Colorado, noon on Fox, Ole Miss at Tulane, 3.30 on ESPN. This is all Eastern time, ESPN 2. Um, Texas A&M is the next game we got. 23 in the country. Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher. Hey, 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 I just love I love that Jameis Winston. I think he's got that. He's got something else. I'll tell you, he's got something else. 23 ranked Texas A&M at Miami. 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. Your thoughts? Well, Miami's been a disappointment for the last couple of years. Um, I thought they could rival Clemson and Florida State and then the ACC, but I don't 
I don't see that's going to happen, and it's not going to happen this year either. I think Texas A&M wins this game easily. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with Texas A&M as well. You know, people forget Jimbo Fisher. Now, granted, Mario Cristobal was not there when Jimbo Fisher was at FSU, but, you know, Jimbo Fisher, he plays these teams, he knows these teams, and and I'm going to also go with Texas A&M in this matchup. I think that Miami has, you know, I agree with you. They have been underwhelming. There's been this hope that they were going to be something three years ago for, you know, pre-COVID four years ago, this, that, and whatever. And they just haven't risen to the hype. And it's not that I don't think Miami is competitive. I just think Texas A&M is better. And I think that Jimbo Fisher fully knows that his job no matter what he's done, which has beat Alabama in recent history, his job is on the line. If Texas A&M has a seven-win season, an eight-win season, maybe even a nine-win season. So he's got to get this one. I think they take care of business on ABC. Western Michigan at Syracuse. Tim Lester, my good buddy, is no longer the head coach of Western Michigan. He is a senior analyst, say word, for the Green Bay Packers, who will be playing the Bears this week. So shout out to Tim Lester rising up the ranks here. Western Michigan at Syracuse, 3.30 p.m. on the channels that are hard to get. ESPN Plus and ACC Network Extra. So ESPN Plus might not be hard to get, but you got to pay extra for it. ACC Network Extra, that's uh, that's not an easy thing to get out there and get. So Western Michigan at Syracuse, you're better off just going to the game, folks. Look forward to seeing you there. What do you have, PJ? Well, Syracuse had a cupcake game last week, and um, I, this this certainly Western Michigan is not a cupcake team, but they're not good enough. I think Syracuse uh, really showed a lot, even though they were overwhelming uh, uh, Colgate. They, they uh, I think they're looking they're looking like they may be Daniel, may be the real deal this year. Well, we will see. It is early on. I'm not disagreeing with you, but good things take time. And we'll see how we grow. I'm going with Syracuse as well over Western Michigan. And uh, I will expand on this in Tortora and Elford on Wake Up Call with Isaac Elford later on uh, coming up this week here. So from there, SMU at Oklahoma, number 18th ranked Oklahoma, 6 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. This game should be on linear television, in my opinion. SMU at Oklahoma, what do you got? I was pissed at Oklahoma for running up the score last week. I don't. I don't think that's necessary. When you play a cupcake, you know, you give them the money, let the young kids compete in the field. You don't have to run it up. Um, I wish they would lose this week, but they can't. They're not going to lose. <laughs> uh, but I'm still pissed at them, Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Oklahoma as well. I understand the point that you're making, and it's one of those unfortunate things that people somehow sometimes do. You know, they worry about Syracuse running the score up last season against uh, you know Wagner or whatever, or in or in history, and then you're seeing these games in the 70s. Oregon scored 81 points in their game, so just ridiculous. I'm gonna go with Oklahoma as well, but I hope that SMU at least makes this game. Interesting. The future ACC school, which is very weird to say. Next up, Cincinnati and Pitt. Cincinnati's head coach, Scott Satterfield, who looked like he was potentially on more than one occasion going to be let go by Louisville, instead inherits one of the best jobs available in the country when Luke Fickle left, in my opinion, with how he's built the culture there. They're at Pitt, 6.30 p.m. 
with the ACC testing out these games on the CW network, which the good part of that is it's on basic cable. So everybody can get it. What are your thoughts on Cincinnati at Pitt? This is a good game. I got this game as a pick'em game. Uh, but I like um, I like Cincinnati because of their speed. I think that uh, they should prevail. All right, PJ is going with Cincinnati. I'm going to be going with Pitt, the hometown Pat Narduzzi. I'm going with Doozer in this one, but I think this one could be a bruiser potentially for Doozer, and I think this game might be a little bit closer than fan bases are comfortable with. Texas at Alabama, number 11 Texas, number 3 Alabama, 7 p.m. Eastern time. On ESPN, this is the big, big game of the of the week to many people. What do you got? Uh, this is this will be a hell of a game. Uh, this game I'm going to watch mostly all of it. Um, Alabama's quarterback, this me own kid, um, he reminds me of Jalen Hurts. He's six two, two twenty five. He looks like he's toying with guys out there last week, and he reminds me of uh, he's a smaller version of Anthony Richardson. The only thing that he can't do is he can't pass that well. So, which is not, that's the way these quarterbacks are. They run and they can't pass. So, uh, I, I don't know if Texas is going to show up for this game or not, but they better uh, because Alabama, we know, has class, world-class athletes. We know that every year. Now, whether this young man can uh, can carry forward and, and, and whip up on Texas remains to be seen. And I don't think Nick's going to let him slack either. So I think Alabama wins this game. Yeah, and listen, the SEC are like sharks smelling blood in the water. Clemson lost the first game of the season. So they know that the college football playoff is wide open for the taking. And I think Fly Slamma Jamma Bama is going to win this matchup and, uh, and get this victory over Texas. I think this will be a humbling experience for a school that decided to join the SEC next season. And apparently Texas just is comfortable being six and six for the rest of their lives because uh, I don't see it getting much better consistently. I think Oklahoma is an eight win team in the SEC. And I think Texas is a six win team in the SEC. So this might be a little humbling experience. Maybe they make a 3 a.m. phone call to the Big 12 and saying, baby, take me back. I don't know what they're going to do after they see what this game looks like. McNeese, the Cowboys, playing at Florida. Can the Gators get back from their loss against Utah and beat McNeese, PJ? Uh, this, this is awful. This is, this is awful. I, <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm so disappointed in the Florida's effort last, year, last week that I don't even really think about it anymore. It was terrible. Um, Florida's quarterback, who came from Wisconsin, Wirtz, he was sacked, I don't know, five or six times. Florida had zero, zero rushing yards. The kid passed for over 300 yards. That ain't going to make it. McNeese State Cowboys, I don't even know where the hell they're from. But I, I, I got to say that Florida can win this game simply because they have better athletes. But I, you, you don't know. I mean, Florida is, is I'm disappointed. That's all I can say. Well, McNeese and the Cowboys, uh, they they play inside a Cowboy Stadium, PJ, PJ. And, uh, yeah, so McNeese State, Cowboys. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, – listen, I, I got I got Florida winning, winning this game, but Florida's going to have to figure it out and figure it out quick. 
because the frustration, you don't want Florida to become the next Nebraska is what is what we're saying here. And so hopefully they can get things right and figure things out as they move forward. But yeah, we got them winning this game and, you know, our hopes that that this team can start to figure things out because uh, it's it's been it's been a tough run for the Gators in recent history. Final game that we have for college football week two will bring Albany, New York to Hawaii. The islands will have the Great Danes, PJ. What do you have for Albany at Hawaii? I have no idea, Daniel. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about these teams. And frankly, uh, I'm not going to watch the game. Albany at Hawaii. Well, the kids from Albany are going to have a good time with the rest for sure. I don't know. I got to go with Hawaii just because it's home. Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii had uh, not a terrible game uh, recently here this past week. I'm going to go with Hawaii as well, but I hope Albany has a great – number one, I hope they have a great time. Number two, I hope they go to the beach. Number three, I hope that they eat some great food and really take it all in. I'd be like, hey, coach, let's get there nine days. I hope they're there right now. I hope they're you're on the beach having a good old time and a little pig roast, different things going on. And, of course, we continue to pray for the people of Hawaii, who I've heard only good things about, their resiliency and their care and the fact that your family members are your, the entire island. It's not just people you're related to. I heard that well before uh, the tragedy that happened down there. So I'm praying and hoping for everybody in Hawaii. And I spoke with Dino Babers about it as well. So you could definitely go back and check that out on youtube.com backslash wake up call DT. The McNeese Cowboys are from Lake Charles, Louisiana. They play in Cowboys Stadium. I want to be clear here. It's not the Cowboys for the Dallas Cowboys. They play in a 17,410-seat stadium in Lake Charles, Louisiana, them Cowboys. So with that being said, those are our week two picks. PJ and I are going to take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and come back with a half an hour left to give you our picks inside the NFL and spend some time on those Jaguars right after this, where sports meets life on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or iced milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. 
GG Cards and Breaks 639 Delmar Place in Syracuse, New York is your home to celebrate your sports hobby of collecting cards. If you just started in the hobby or if you've been in it for many years, it is the perfect place for everyone of all ages to get together. And if you want proof of that, come out to trade night every single month and see all different ages and people that have been in the hobby forever, as well as those that are just starting to get into the sports card collection hobby. The upcoming trade night is this Saturday, September 9th from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. And I will be there. DT and Murphy will be there as Brendan Murphy, who joins me every Monday on Wake Up Call for DT and Murphy to start your week from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, will be joining me on site, on location, and we'll be doing a little broadcast uh, stuff around the trade night, as well as bringing our cards to buy, sell, and trade. So we look forward to seeing you there at GG Cards and Breaks, 639 Delmar Place in Syracuse, New York, right off of Teal Avenue. GG Cards and Breaks gives you an opportunity to celebrate the uh, awesome world and community of sports card collecting from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday and on Sundays from 10 to 5. You can go to ggcardsandbreaks.com for more information, and we look forward to seeing you out there this Saturday for trade night. With that being said, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports truly meets that thing called life, we're back here with our NFL picks coming up. First NFL picks of the season with PJ and I, and giving you the opportunity to jump into this NFL world with us as we start off the season, kick off the season, if you will, for 2023-24, making our NFL picks. So PJ, PJ, uh, here Thursday night, it is Thursday, so tonight we'll have our first NFL game of the season, and that first NFL game will bring us to Kansas City as the Chiefs will be hosting the Lions. PJ, what do you have for this one? A little bit of news coming out of there uh, out of Kansas City that Travis Kelce is hurt. And uh, Kelce is 25% of that team. I mean, they uh, they rely on him for everything. Catching, running, blocking, whatever. Uh, I know that he's I know he's Patrick Mahomes' favorite blanket, but I don't I, I don't know how much of an impact this is going to make. Uh Still, still saying that I think I think Kansas City wins the game, and we get to see another tight end. Yeah, no, I got I got Kansas City winning this game as well. Uh, I think they'll be able to take care of business, but yeah, hopefully Kelsey will be healthy. It, it brings more fantasy value, which I talked about in the fantasy football and focus, which you can go back and watch on Facebook.com and YouTube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. Make sure to follow and subscribe, and you can pick up my thoughts on Sky Moore and uh, what his value could be with Travis Kelsey injured. But obviously we hope that he heals quickly and fully and for good. So PJ and I both go in Kansas City, although I do think Detroit has a great opportunity to win the NFC North this season. And PJ and I did our predictions on every division as well as the wild cards. You can go back and watch that show and be happy to share that with you as well. Sunday games, Panthers at the Falcons, PJ. Talking about Matt Bergeron, offensive tackle, who is now going to be blocking for B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier, as well as Desmond Ritter, my guy from Cincinnati. Excited about Matt Bergeron, excited to see what he could do, and I always love talking with him and having a great time with him. 
So uh, the Falcons will be at home against the Panthers. Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, is making his debut. And the Carolina New Look Panthers, once again, young talent on offense, trying to figure things out again. DJ Moore's not there. DJ Shark and LaVisca Chenault. How about this, PJ? Two former Jacksonville Jaguars draft picks who were teammates in Jacksonville are now teammates in Carolina. And Carolina and Jacksonville's franchises both came into the league at the same time in 1995. So both of these players can say they've been a part of both of these franchises that are named after Wildcats. And after being drafted by the Jaguars are now both Panthers together. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, You're right. I think the Falcons have disappointed in recent history, too. Carolina is interesting. Of course, I've, you know, I've, I've always liked Chanel going back six years ago. I've always liked Chanel. Uh, I think that Bryce Young is going to have a, going to have his way. He's a very cerebral quarterback and you have to be that way to play for Nick Saban. And I think that makes uh, Frank Wright's job a little bit easier. Uh, he won't overload him with a, with a super fine offense. He'll stick to the basics. He's got good athletes. And I think that, Maybe Bryce Young opening up on the road is probably a good idea, and this is going to help him quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you got, you're going with the Carolina Panthers. I think that, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter, this is the first season where he's starting the season as the outright starter, and and I'm going to go on his side of things here. So you got an outright starter for Bryce Young. You got an outright starter for Desmond Ritter. I'm going to go with ATL at home here to get the win. I know they're – Offense has struggled. Their defense has struggled. They've been a shell of what they had been before. But I'm going to go with Atlanta to get this victory inside of the NFC South, which I think is wide, wide, wide open this season. Uh, Carolina, I do think, could very well win this game. But I think Atlanta, they they should have enough offensive talent that if this is a non-defensive game, that they could outscore. But we'll see how Bryce Young's debut goes. I'm going to lean on Ritter a little bit more. Although I think either one of these quarterbacks could lead the team to victory. And I'm excited to see Matt Bergeron and see what he can do. The Bengals at the Browns. This game is usually reserved to the midpoint or latter part of the season. They will play each other twice. Typically, we don't see it until the middle. But we're seeing it in week one. Joe Burrow, calf injury, should be okay to go. And they're on the road at Cleveland. And massage parlor Watson himself. What are your thoughts? Well, surprised to hear that uh, Joe Burrow is even going to play the game. I, I know that he was he was hurt more than they let on uh, several weeks ago because of the scap industry. And I'm not sure you put your franchise quarterback out there to what I call sort of a meaningless game. Um, they'll, they'll probably win because they have better athletes. They have a better, uh, better, much better quarterback, that's for sure. But I, I don't if, – if, if, if I'm a coach over there, Mr. Taylor, I just – be real careful with your franchise quarterback here. Oh, yeah. Who you got? Uh, Bengals. So, PJ going with Cincinnati. I will also be going with the Cincinnati Bengals on the road here against Cleveland. But I agree with you. You know, why Why chance and put Joe Burrow in a situation, especially the first week of the season? So, they know what it's like to have him as a rookie and then lose him for the back part of the season. So I'm hoping that he knows well enough that even if they say go ahead, that he says, I want to play all year. So I'm going to need to sit this one out or 
maybe I'll play a half or a series or whatever it may be. We'll see. But I would imagine if he's going to be in this game and the way these games go against the Browns, probably going to be 33 to 30, something like that. We'll see. But uh, I'm hoping that the team can aid uh, Joe Burrow here and hopefully maybe get him off the field before the fourth quarter so he can rest and not have to play this full game if he truly is not 100%. Jaguars at the Colts, PJ, PJ. The Jaguars are starting things off, baby. What do you got? Uh, and Anthony Richard Anthony Richardson go Gators, uh-huh. is going to be having his first ever start as well. He's going to have a nightmare. This is the Jaguars are so loaded and pumped this year that uh, I'd be a fool to say that they're going to go undefeated. Of course, they're not going to go undefeated, but we are really high in the Jaguars down here. If you are up there, you know those who follow the Jaguars. Know what they got this year, so and I think you're going to see it. I think you're going to see it. Trevor Lawrence is open the wide open here and just start picking them apart. Anthony is going to have a tough, tough day, but he's a hell of an athlete. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought there was a chance that maybe Gardner Minshew would Minshew would be starting this game, former Jag. But we are going to see Anthony Richardson, who gets the start right away. They're throwing him. Out of the frying pan, into the fire. The quarterbacks that were drafted early on here, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Bryce Young are all starting week one. I'm going with the Jaguars on the road at the Colts. They've had some not great games at Lucas Oil Stadium before, but this Jacksonville Jaguars team, I feel like this Jaguars team is starting this season the day after they lost on the road to the Chiefs. What I mean about that is that feeling of walking off the field They've now hopefully carried into walking on the field here of saying, we know what we could have been. Now we need to get the dang thing done. So I think Jacksonville fully feels that last game. And I feel like that game happened yesterday. I hope they do too, because I hope it fuels them for the future in a positive way. Buccaneers at Vikings, first time in a couple of years, the Bucs will not have Tom Brady as their quarterback. And they will be moving with Baker Mayfield. However. In the first three to four weeks of the season, don't be don't be shocked if my prediction comes to life that Kyle Trask go go is going to have his opportunity on the field within the first few weeks of this season. Bucks at Vikings, PJ. What do you got? Uh, I'd love to see Trask in the game. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I, I think that Minnesota is the pick here. Uh, they're playing at home, first game of the year. Uh, Kirk Cousins is just awesome, so I just like the Vikings. Yeah, Minnesota being at home, Justin Jefferson, hopefully Jordan Addison or somebody could step up as a number two with Adam Thielen now gone. But uh, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. I think they have too much talent, and I think they'll handle the Buccaneers, although I respect the Buccaneers' D. And this is going to be maybe Sean Tucker from Syracuse's debut in the NFL wearing number 44, which he did not wear at Syracuse. He wore 34, but number 44 wearing with the Tampa Bay Bucks, a different shade of orange, a little red orange there. So shout out to Tuck and looking forward to seeing him out there on the field in this game. Titans at the Saints. Ryan Tannehill, who people forget is still the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans because everybody wants to talk about Will Levis and Malik Willis and who the future is going to be. Like Ryan Tannehill is already six foot in the grave. They're trying to bury him alive. So he's still out there as the quarterback. Led him to the playoffs. 
and has done good things. I don't know why people are trying to overlook him. And the New Orleans Saints will debut Derek Carr as their quarterback for the first time ever. What are your thoughts? Oh, boy. Um, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a real good game. Uh, of course, the Saints are going to be different. Let's put it that way. Uh, uh, the Titans have got a huge defense like they always do under Mike Rabel. And Kenny Hill always takes care of the ball. He's, he's not a flashy player. He's just a good, solid player. You got Derrick Henry carrying the ball. It, it, I think I think the Titans, Titans wear him down, even though they're in a safe uh, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta or New Orleans, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and who plays for New Orleans? Jameis what? Oh, my main man, Jameis Boston. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> PJ now is the keeper of Jameis Winston cards. Don't let him fool you. He loves that Jameis. So... Tennessee, I'm going to go with the Titans as well. I think that their defense is going to make a move or two that'll be able to wear down the Saints enough. 49ers at the Steelers. This is this is the keeper of one of the most expensive tickets to get to this game. The cheapest ticket is pretty darn expensive. Niners at Steelers, PJ. Brock Purdy, I called it. I said he was going to be your quarterback. Now Brock Purdy is going to play Kenny Pickett. How about them apples? I think the Steelers are going to be better than people give them credit for in fantasy and reality, and I think Brock Purdy is all too Purdy to overlook. So what do you have for this one? Oh, this is a good story. Purdy's a good story from last year. Uh, he showed a lot of guts with a half, half an arm throwing flare glasses uh, to end the game last year. I, we didn't know how bad he was hurt, but... He showed a lot of guts. Uh, Joey Bosa coming in, big money. He's, I still like the Steelers at home. Mike Mike Tomlin has a has a way of getting his team up to, to knock off a team like the 49ers. And truthfully, so the 49ers 49ers really could be in the in the hunt for the the NFL championship this year. But they're not going to win this year this week. Yeah, 49ers, Nick Bosa, $170 million contract extension, five seasons, $122.5 million guaranteed. He ends his holdout, and we'll see Nick Bosa on the field in this game. Niners at the Steelers. I'm going to agree with PJ on this one, and I'm going to go with the hometown Pittsburgh Steelers in this matchup, although I believe the Niners could be doing something special this year. Cardinals at Commanders, this is the game that I think most people would not want to watch. Kyler Murray is not playing. The Commanders uh, have not played in a while. So (laughs) what are your thoughts on the Cardinals and the Commanders? Terrible game. Um, I'm just going to say Commanders, that's all. Yeah, I'm going to go to Washington in this game, too. Uh, Backup quarterback situation in in, in, uh, Arizona isn't great. So I'm going to go to the Washington Commanders. Who's starting quarterback is the guy I told you we would see on the field last season as a rookie, and we did, Sam Howell. Uh, Next up here, Texans at the Ravens. C.J. Stroud will be starting as a rookie here, the third third overall pick. So we're going to see C.J. Stroud in this one, and he'll be facing off against the newly extended contract of Lamar Jackson. What do you have for this one? Uh, I think Mr. Jackson is going to show this Mr. Stroud how to play football. So – if, if I was CJ Stroud, I'd be watching Lamar Jackson real close. Ravens. Yeah, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens in this one as well. Odell Beckham Jr. back on the field, mind you, for the Baltimore Ravens. 
Packers at the Bears. This is a big-time game. This is the most expensive cheap ticket out there. The lowest you can get this one for is around $222, $223. Packers at Bears. Jordan Love is the quarterback of Green Bay. Tim Lester's on the staff now, as I mentioned before. And the Chicago Bears got Justin Fields. No more Allen Robinson. There's been shifting around here of different pieces here. Packers still got my boy A.J. Dillon from the Boston College Eagles. What do you have for this, P.J.? Obviously, I'm disappointed that uh, Aaron Rodgers is not there anymore, and Jordan Love uh, is going to have to prove to me that he can play football. Uh, until he does that, I'm going to pick against him. Oh, I'm going to okay. go with Chicago. So P.J. threw me for a loop here. He's going to go Chicago. He's going Chi-Town. I'm going to go Green Bay on the road in this matchup. I think Green Bay will do enough to get out of this one with a victory. Two nice backs in the backfield and Jones and Dillon. Raiders at the Broncos. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of the Raiders, and the Broncos wish that John Elway was their quarterback. What do we got for this one, PJ? I like that one. Boy, I like I like Denver. I I, I really do. I I think that look, Russell Wilson has to play infinitely better than he did last year. I think maybe some people put a lot of blame on him for last year's records. Yeah, he, but he played terrible. He's a better quarterback than that. He has to be. I like the Bron- I like the Broncos. PJ's go PJ's going with the Broncos. I I feel like. I think the Broncos got some work to do. They got some fantasy talent, but they definitely have some work to do. So I'm going to go with, and I got to say it the right way, the Raiders. The boom. Eagles at Patriots, a rematch of the Super Bowl in recent history. What do you got for this? Well, Belichick went on record saying that his quarterback is good, so that's about all he said about him. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he has enough athletes to stay with the Eagles. The Eagles showed me last year what a real good, concise team they are. Both sides of the ball, offensive, defense. Dillon Hurst came into his own, and I think Eagles keep going. Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles. When you look at top quarterbacks in the league, it is mostly lying on the side of the AFC when you're looking at the best of the best, except for a man in Philly named Jalen Hurts. So I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles in this matchup as well. Zeke Elliott making his debut potentially for the Patriots in this game. Dolphins at the Chargers. Tua, baby. If he's healthy, they're a playoff team, but it's a big old if. And I hope to God that that if is not an if, it's it, it's that he is healthy. They're going on the road to Los Angeles to face off against the Chargers. What do you think? Tua really hasn't impressed me at all in, in recent years. I, I just think he's too fragile and uh, he's just not making good decisions. I don't know if that was a problem when he was with Saban or not, but uh, he hasn't really progressed as a, as a quarterback in this league. And, and saying that, you got the other guy uh, who's been a killer, and I think I like them because of the Chargers. Yeah, well, Chargers are at home. This is a tough one. I was going to go maybe the other way, but I, ugh. this is, this is a tough one. This is really a tough one. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So you're going to go with the Chargers. This one's a difficult game for me. I think this is truly a pick 'em game and I'm going to go 
I'm going to go, oh gosh. I'm going to go Chargers in this, even though, no, you know what? I'm not going to second guess myself. I'm going Miami. I'm going Miami in this game. It, it, you know, East Coast teams struggle on the West Coast, but I'm going to go Miami in this game. Rams at the Seahawks, PJ. Rams at the Seahawks. Rams. I'm not going to expound at all. <laughs> yeah, the the Rams, the Rams are definitely, you know, they've kind of fallen out of favor with a lot of people after making it to the Super Bowl. I'm going with Seattle, and I think they got a lot of talent. Geno Smith's done a good job. So Sunday night football, Cowboys at Giants. What do you got? Uh, Cowboys are always in a mess. I don't getting a kid from San Francisco to, to back up uh, uh, Prescott. I'm not sure that was a, the smartest idea that Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones doesn't have any smart ideas, Daniel. He thinks he's smart with everything he does, but yeah. I don't think he was smart in this one. And I, I know that probably Prescott has a lot to play for and because, you know, prove him wrong, someone over his shoulder, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and the Giants, Giants at home, like Daniel Jones, I like the Giants. Yeah, I like the Giants in this game. I do. And, you know, I, I just I feel like the Giants are going to have enough in this. I think that they're, you know, finally getting better. And Saquon is Saquon. I think the Cowboys need to – they still need to figure things out. I feel like it's a it's a broken record, but they have talent. I just I feel like they're a team that walking into this season, I don't feel confident about them making the playoffs, but we shall see. And on September 11th, as we remember what it was like to be one nation and hope to God we can get back to being one nation, it's not that hard to do, but people make it difficult. So I would love to see us all come back together on a day that we remember what it was like to come together. Bills at the Jets, what do you have? Boy, this is a tough game. Uh, maybe it's not a tough game. It really isn't a tough game because the Bills are a better team. But you got Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Everything is new. New coordinators. You got new new offensive plan. Different backfields. You know, Aaron Rodgers is like he's the fool that's always kept the Packers together over the years, despite having bad teams. Uh, but I don't think they can beat the Bills. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers gets to debut on Monday Night Football. Poor him. So I'm going to go with the uh, Buffalo Bills here in this matchup. And I, I think that the Jets can do some good things. But I think, you know, hype is something that is is a dangerous world. And uh, typically you're not going to see me buying into it. So we'll see. And it's not that the Jets don't have a lot of good young talent and not that they're not capable but I think Buffalo's gonna Buffalo's got a chip on their shoulder from last season as well. PJ, we got three minutes. I know you got to be done at eleven, and I do not want to get a phone call from MT. So, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to ask you this before I let you go here. They've named their captains, and the Jacksonville Jaguars captains are going to be uh, for this season. And I'm really, really excited about this. The guys that they named, obviously, they named quarterback Trevor Lawrence they named an offensive guard Brandon Sheriff as well as a, you know Foyer Aluakin a linebacker is one of their captains on the team this year and uh, we will also see my dude that we talked about before my man Dewey Wingard is going to be a captain on the team a safety uh, Dewey Wingard will also be a captain for this squad 
And, you know, we, and I want to make sure I don't want to leave anybody out here. So looking at the captains for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and like I said, would love to get your thoughts on it. For Jacksonville stepping into 2023-24, knowing that there is definitely a lot on the line here and a lot of excitement as they step forward, would love to get your thoughts on the captains that include Trevor Lawrence, Foyer Aluakin, Andrew Dewey, Wingard, Brandon Sheriff, and will also include uh, in this season we will see and let me just make sure I, I pick up the final the final ones here so okay and uh, we'll also have uh, Roy Robertson Harris defensive end so five captains on the team what are your thoughts that's a good collection of men uh, they they deserve they're, they're all honest hard-working men uh, look at our our season we've talked about this since the end of the last season, you know, we know the hype is coming this year. We know the expectations this team has as well as we have. This season, it's, it's either Daniel, it's not going to be close. It's either going to be real good or it's going to be real bad. I, I don't, I hope it's not real bad, but I think Petter, Pedersen has the control of the wheels here. I think he knows what he's doing. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. He gave Lawrence five super weapons on the outside. Plus a gigantic tight end. They, they probably can score at will uh, if they really wanted to. Uh, if the offensive line is there, defense uh, should play well. And it's really going to be a hell of a season to to, to, to watch. I'm, I'm really excited to see this the season start. Yeah, I'm excited to see what we can have here. Roy Robertson-Harris once again, uh, Dewey Wingard, as well as Trevor Lawrence, uh, Brandon Sheriff, and Foyer Aluakin, your captains as we step in, and I can't believe it's already back. The 2023-24 NFL season is here with us, and it officially kicks off tonight with the Lions at the Chiefs and the Jaguars back at it, and I feel like I never left being there. So with that being said, it's 11 o'clock. MT, I did good. And PJ, (laughs) I look forward to talking with you soon. Okay, take care. Bye. Take care. Uh, coming here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports truly meets that thing called life. We'll take our final step aside of the broadcast. We'll be back right after this to wrap things up and get you set for Friday on Wake Up Call. After this, fast break. Avicoli's, located on the corner of Route 57 and Wetzel Road in Liverpool, New York, has been your trusted neighbor for decades. Located just steps from Liverpool High School, we're happy to have the Liverpool Warriors on-site, on-location broadcast at Avicoli's through Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every single month, featuring student-athletes, coaches, and administration throughout the year from Liverpool High School. Head out to Avicoli's today on the corner of Route 57 and Wetzel Road in Liverpool, New York, open Tuesday through Sunday for lunch, dinner, and drinks. We'd love to see you out there. And of course, you can call them at 315-622-5100 for takeout, delivery, and catering. That's 315-622-5100. And also find them on myavicolis.com. That's myavicolis.com. Having peace of mind when you're out of town that your furry-loving friend is safe and sound means taking them to Canine Campground. 
because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? <laughs> so take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying, in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. <laughs> now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pick-up times are Monday through Sunday. Check CanineCampground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and Campground spelled with a K, dot com. CanineCampground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to Canine Campground. PB&J's Lunchbox, the food truck that you love finding all throughout Central and Upstate New York, now has a street-side cafe. So when you're craving their traditional favorites as well as their out-of-box amazing menu items, you can now head to 663 Old Liverpool Road in Liverpool, New York, located just minutes from the highway, the thruway, Destiny USA, and Onondaga Lake Parkway. PB&J's Lunchbox street-side cafe is there for you Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., serving breakfast, lunch, and and dinner all throughout the day. Get breakfast for dinner, dinner for lunch, whatever you fancy, including their award-winning grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Find them at 663 Old Liverpool Road in Liverpool, New York. PB&J's Lunchbox, where we love to know what's in your lunchbox. This is a special message from 317 at Montgomery restaurant owner Joel Carpenter. Open Tuesday through Saturday for your dining pleasure on 317 Montgomery Street in Syracuse, New York. We wanted to be a part of the resurgence of Syracuse. We saw uh, a lot of money being put into bringing people back downtown and thought that, you know, we'd like to be a part of that. I love putting together a good dish where people see it first, they fall in love with it, and then it tastes just as good as it looks. We want to provide the best food in Syracuse that we possibly can, and we want you to leave here talking to your family, your friends, about what you had to eat first and foremost, but also our service and to walk out feeling like you're part of our family. I work out in the front of the house a lot, and I love walking to every single table, asking them how everything is, and people looking at me and smiling and saying, this is the most amazing short rib I've ever had. This is the most amazing filet I've ever had. And Donna is great. Sarah's amazing. Thank you for coming over and talking to us. And, and them just being truly happy for the experience that they've gotten. 317 at Montgomery Restaurant, part of the fabric of downtown Syracuse, located on 317 Montgomery Street in Syracuse, New York, open Tuesday through Saturday for a unique and memorable dining experience. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Happy to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And however you're Connecting with the show, we appreciate you being with us on youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt, facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt, and on wakeupcall.com. 
dt.podbean.com all around the world. Once you go live, you can jump into the archive, hang out with us on Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts, Player FM, Podbean, Podvine, Podchaser, Spotify, TuneIn, YouTube, search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, or one word, Wake Up Call DT. And a big time thanks to our incredible, incredible partners, Carvel DeWitt, the Wildcat Sports Pub, Mon Paws, Kettle Corn, and Popcorn Factory, Chick-fil-A Watertown, or pardon me, Chick-fil-A Cicero, Chick-fil-A Clay, uh, Canine Camp Dog Daycare, 317 at Montgomery Street. The name of the location is the name of the restaurant. You just heard from them. 317 at Montgomery Street, folks, is a perfect place for lunch and dinner. They are so, so unique, so incredible. The experience is different than anything else I've ever had in Syracuse. Their menu is not just one specific type of cuisine. It's a lot of different things. So you could go there with a bunch of people and everybody can get something that they want. When you can't make up your mind, go to 317. When you want to dress up, go to 317. When you want to dress down, go to 317. When you want a really good burger, go to 317. When you want that fine dining, go to 317. They really do have just such an amazing corner of the market that I love. And I look forward to seeing you out there at 317 at Montgomery Street, as well as a big time shout out to Great Lakes Honda City, Pizza Man, PB&J's Lunchbox, Canine Campground Dog Boarding, Avicoli's Mother's Cupboard, GG Cards and Breaks, my sports card shop of choice, 639 Delmar Place in Syracuse, New York. And definitely want to give a shout out to Carvel DeWitt again for having the DT Dolphin, my signature Sunday you can get any day of the week. And obviously it's in honor of my partnership with the Lemoyne Dolphins. It's right down the road from campus of Lemoyne. You can get from Lemoyne College to Carvel DeWitt in maybe six minutes. So make sure you head out there today, 4322 East Genesee Street in DeWitt, New York, the DT Dolphin mint chocolate chip ice cream so it's green ice cream for the dolphins topped off with hot fudge whipped cream cherry green and gold sprinkles and a chocolate dolphin jumping out of your whipped cream they are the only carvel i believe existing that has a dolphin that they could put in your sunday because they had to go and find the mold special just for this sunday and i want to thank jay cartini for being committed to do that i want to shout out to Jay and Kate and the whole team over there. Mother's Cupboard, the exclusive home of my sandwich. You can go get the Cuse McMother. Great for game days. Great for before a game, after a game, hanging out with the rents, after church, before church, going on a date, hanging out with the guys, hanging out with the girls. Literally, Mother's Cupboard is the perfect place to go for any occasion. Seven days a week. 6 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., 3709 James Street in Syracuse, New York. Get yourself the Cuse McMother. Bacon, egg, and cheese inside of two pieces of French toast. Cut it up and eat it with syrup. Pick it up and eat it like a sandwich. It is exquisite. And I look forward to you going and doing what so many people have done in our community, which is order that sandwich today. The Lemoyne College Dolphins are exclusive multimedia marketing partners with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You will find the Dolphins every Wednesday during Dolphin Time on Wake Up Call at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. So make sure you come and check it out. AD and DT every first and third Wednesday of each month featuring Athletics Director Bob Beretta and myself, Dan Tortora. We just made an exclusive announcement yesterday 
And we have shared that as its own video on youtube.com backslash wake up call DT. So go check it out. And the dolphin dive every second and fourth Wednesday of each month with student athletes, coaches, administration, future dolphins, and alumni. All of our content with Lemoyne is on youtube.com backslash wake up call DT. Click subscribe. For more information, go to lemoynedolphins.com. And as always, you know what it is. Fins up. How do you not bop to this music? I mean, for serious. The Brian and Stratton College Bobcats of Syracuse, our exclusive multimedia marketing partners with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're about to hit you with with three Bobcat Buzz specials that you ain't ready for. I'm so excited about them. We've got some great one-on-one opportunities coming up with the men's soccer team, as well as a panel discussion with the men's soccer team, as well as head coach Nick Dmitrievsky. I cannot wait to share these Bobcat Buzz specials with you. Sean Altador Vio will be joining me from Montreal, uh, is where he hails from, and his family also with Haitian blood. And for the first time ever, Nekawan Mark Don III will be joining me. He is from the States. He was born here uh, down in Florida, and his family comes from Liberia in Africa. So he'll be they'll both be joining me for one-on-one opportunities for the Bobcat Buzz this week. And we'll also be joined by head coach Nick Dmitrievsky when we all sit down for a conversation about soccer, about life, and rapid fire conversation that we're going to be bringing to you. An awesome Bobcat Buzz series coming up. As that series continues, so many great specials being added to it this week as they head into their first game of the season. And exclusively this morning, we released the men's and women's soccer schedules on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on all of our social media. So go and check those out. For the Bobcat Buzz, go to youtube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. Click subscribe. And for more information on your Bobcats, go to syracuse.bscbobcats.com. As always, go Bobcats. The Alfred University Saxons are exclusive multimedia marketing partners with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. The presidential perspective comes to you during Saxon time every Monday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Presidential perspective Monday, first and third Mondays of each month at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time featuring the president of Alfred University, Mark Zupan, and every second and fourth Monday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, the Saxon Spotlight with student-athletes, coaches, administration, and alumni. Saxon Spotlight and Presidential Perspective, under-promise, over-deliver. In just two months of working with the Saxons, we have given you a plethora of specials with them, including a Labor Day Saxon Spotlight takeover with 15 conversations with the Saxons of all different sports in the fall. And we had before that a football takeover, an entire week of 12 football one-on-one conversations with student athletes, as well as in the midst of all this, heading into game one, having a one-on-one conversation with head coach of the Saxons football team, Bob Rankle, who's in his 25th season at Alfred University. So check out all of our Saxon content by going to youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt and clicking subscribe. For more information, go to gosaxons.com. And as the website tells you, go Saxons. With that being said, folks, 
the NFL starts tonight. College football week two starts tonight. And the rest of your life starts right now. So go have fun. Give the best you got. Big time thanks to Papa Joe. Big time shout out to Mon Paz Kettle Corner Popcorn Factory and the Spud Shack for Spud Shack for absolutely annihilating sales at the fair. You are all amazing for going to Mon Paz for their lemonade, for their cotton candy, their kettle corn, their popcorn, their deep fried Oreos, their funnel cakes, and for going to the Spud Shack. Best fa- best fair fries? Are you kidding me? Best fries wherever they go. You got the fresh cut fries, the curly fries. Mm, so good. They're all fresh cut, but you got the typical fries, right? You got the straight fries, you got the curly fries, and you have the ribbon fries and the sweet potato ribbon fries. Oh my Spud Shack, fantastic. And you can call for the Spud Shack or Mon Paz to come to your event by calling 315-450-6272. That's 315-450-6272 for Mon Paz and the Spud Shack. Big time shout out to them. Head to monpazpopcorn.com for more information and go to 201 7th North Street in Liverpool, New York for Ma and Paz, which will officially be opening next Monday as they closed for a week coming off of the fair and making sure they get everything set and back to the shop as they spent many, many days at the state fair serving so many of you. And I can't thank you enough for that. So with that being said, I hope you have a great day. Thanks to Papa Joe again, Facebook at wake up call DT X, which I love at call DT and Instagram at wake up call underscore DT. God bless no stress, do your best. Go out to our website. I'm going to be sharing it today. Once again, buy some of our gear, including shirts and sweatshirts that say, God bless, no stress, do your best. We'll talk with you soon. Have a fantastic day and be well.